Kenneth Jarrett of All Man Show. Got a friend of the show with us today. He is since Nickel State. He's now South Alabama, down in Mobile, home of the Senior Bowl, the Jaguars. Back in Alabama is Richie Riley. Coach Riley, man, how's life in Mobile treating you so far, my good brother? Uh, it's been great. It's been great. It's we, we are lucky to live in a great city, and um, my family and I, we're enjoying it. We, we've settled in nicely and put a team together. We've hit the ground running recruiting and working with our current guys now, so it's an exciting time. I'm, I'm really, really grateful to be here as a head coach. Now, Coach, how are the kids loving that great Gulf panhandle life down at the beaches about Mobile? How are the kids loving it? they got to love all that sun and water every day to play in. <laughs> they do. It's it's a great recruiting tool to what we have to sell. Our product is, you know, very attractive for, for any type of kid. You know, we have, you know, you can get a city feel by going downtown. We have a beautiful city where you can get that. And our campus is, you know, it's a college campus. It's, you know, it's away from the city and it's out. And so you get that feel of a, of a college town, a college campus. And then we're, you know, 30 to 40 minutes from the beach. So, we have we have a lot of great things to sell here, and you know a rich tradition. So recruiting has been well, has been going good, and we're diving into nineteen now. And also, coach, I feel like your success at Nichols helps guys give you a name recognition. Plus, where you've been assistant in that, guys trust you. They know you have a brand you're building, a system you have put in place, and you're a great coach on the rise. So I feel like guys are buying you quicker because you know Sun Belt Conference now. Guys saw what you did at Nichols State, and plus you have a great program to sell to kids and education as well, coach. I appreciate those kind words, man. I need to hire you as my PR. You Feel can help free. me sell I'm it. <laughs> we um. We we did we did a special thing at Nichols. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to have a great group of kids that believed in what we were doing, and they helped us turn that program around. Uh, it was the first championship down there since 1998, which was an unbelievable accomplishment. You know, it was it was a special time. I think we did we built a brand that I've done that consistent. I hope of treating kids the right way and always helping them get to their dreams and goals. Um, instead of trying to help myself get there, you know, in return, basketball's been good to me and allowed me to have, you know, a chance to be a head coach in a place like South Alabama, which is really special. So we have developed a brand um, and recruiting across the board. We've developed a brand of being successful with transfers um, as well as junior college kids. And then we started two freshmen at Nichols State um, on a on a regular season championship team. So I think I think it covers all the bases of, you know, being able to come and play for our staff and be successful. Now, Coach, as you and JR talk about, uh, you know, the community there uh, in Mobile, what about the administration at the university is something that maybe resonated with you and your family to, to uh, help you decide to leave and, and then, you know, come into this and take this new opportunity? Yeah, once – when I was at UAB, it's a funny story. I said this in my press conference. I I used to recruit down here a lot, and I always looked at South Alabama as a job that I wanted to have. It was at the top of my list of, you know, if I could be a head coach somewhere, I wanted this one. And I, I had to go to Nickel State and kind of – I had to prove at 33 that I was ready for that, and I had to go earn it. And, you know, I, I was able to do that. So when I got the opportunity to come up and talk to, talk to these folks about the job um, – the leadership here blew me away. You know, I had always seen the arena. You know, we have a nice 10,000-seat arena and the practice facility and the locker rooms and the campus. All that stuff's nice, but the leadership is what really sold me on it. Um, Dr. Erdman, our athletic director, is, is top-notch. He's the best I've ever been around. Um, 
and just a forward thinker. He's passionate about our university. And having him leading the way is is what is elevating our athletic programs. If you look at us across the board right now, we're you know, we're getting ready to build an on campus football stadium, which is gonna be huge. We're just doing a lot of of great things to build our brand. And then when I met with President Waldrop, who, you know, it's our our president was a world class long distance runner in North Carolina. He's actually in the Hall of Fame and had chances to run in the Olympics. So he understands athletics and he's excited about you know, building a special program. So all that made this place, you know, more than attractive. When they offered me the job, it was it was a done deal. I was almost ready to jump out of my car when I had the opportunity to come here. Now, Coach, you've been in the Southland Conference for two years as a head coach. So what's going to be the difference for you going to the Sun Belt Conference likes of Georgia State right here in my backyard, Georgia Southern, Troy, and those different teams like that in Little Rock. So uh, what, what you're looking for in Austin as well? So what you looking for when you got these this new, new league, these new teams here, these, a lot of great coaches in this league here from the Southland Conference coming over here next to the, the Sun Belt? Yeah, the coach in our league um, in the Southland was very good. Uh, I think it was underappreciated. You know, in the Southland, at that level, you don't get as much coverage as maybe a Sun Belt or Conference USA is going up. And you know, our co- the coaches in our league and the teams in our league were were good. I think we had four to five teams that won twenty plus games last year in the Southland. So, um, you know, it's real similar to be honest. It's real similar in the fact that what we're trying to build and where our program has been the last five years is similar to where what we're doing there you know we're trying to elevate our program as quickly as possible and build a program that sustains success um looking at the Sun Belt, you know some of the guys you named you know georgia state right there in your backyard coach hunter is one of the best coaches in the country regardless of level um they have one of the best players in the country demarcus simons who um is is going to be a pro i think i don't think there's any doubt about it and you know there's been pros out of our league i think that's the big difference is the level of guys in our league. We have coaches in this league that do a great job recruiting, do a great job developing and coaching their guys. I mean, I think we've had five pros in the last six or seven years come out of Sunbelt, and those guys are doing well. You know, when you look at Alfred Payton, who is, you know, doing extremely well, R.J. Hunter, who's Coach Hunter's son, and, you know, you can go on and get the kid Kevin Hervey's going to be a pro that's coming from UT Arlington. I think that's the big that's the big difference. We got to go out and we got to recruit and develop some guys that are on that level, and that's how you maintain success. I mean, I'm I'm not under under any illusions. I think we do a great job coaching. I think we run a a great program with a great culture. But at the end of the day, it's those it's those Johnny and Joes, it's those players that <laughs> that win the game. So we got to do a great job recruiting and elevating our program that way. Well, Coach Coach Riley, who well, Coach Crean, Coach Hunter. And Coach Skinner can't get everybody. So that's an opportunity for you to come right here and get some guys. <laughs> we we certainly recruit it. we certainly recruit Atlanta. There's a lot of talent in Atlanta. We have we have a young man from Atlanta on our team right now. Um Trey Mitchell played at Pelper Brook. And um he's gonna be you know, I think he'll take another step this season and have have an even better year in his junior year than he had last year. I think he is you know, the summer he's having so far, how hard he's working. And, you know, he'll benefit from our style of play because we play an up-tempo pace and we pressure you. And he's that type of guy. So I, I think one of, one of Atlanta's own um, will will help us win a lot of ball games this year. Yes, indeed. Well, look forward to seeing him play. I was looking forward to it already now. Got to look, look for your roster. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Coach, you guys are touching on this recruiting uh, 
situation here with you. And then I kind of want to drill down a little bit further into that. I mean, are you going to be looking for a specific type of guy on the court and then have that player also have a specific type of demeanor off the court? Or are you kind of going to bring in anybody and, and work them into your system and then mold them into what you want them to be? You know what? You know what really grabs all of us coaches? I think this is, you know, everybody, what grabs your attention first is the talent and the skill level. You know, when you see a guy that fits how you play, you know, we're not a tempo team. We play fast. Offensively, we play out of a lot of ball screens and spacing and cutting. And then defensively, we press you for 40 minutes. So it takes a certain type of athlete to play that way and be successful. So, you know, obviously that's first and foremost. But, you know, I believe in toughness over everything. Uh, I think toughness wins. I don't think you can win without toughness, and it's hard to teach toughness. You know, I can I can teach you how to dribble better with your left hand. I can improve the jump shot. You know, we can do all that, but I can't necessarily teach you to be tough. I can get you tougher with some of the things we do, but, you know, to be tough is different. And, you know, we recruit that. We recruit toughness off the court, too. A guy's tough enough to show up for class every single day and do what he's supposed to. And a guy's tough enough to – make the right decisions off the court and be the student athlete that we want him to be. So, you know, toughness is the number one key program. That's what we believe in. We want tough-minded kids that that compete at a certain level. And, you know, I'll tell you this, in basketball now, you see it even at the NBA level, what's different than years ago is is, is kids' competitive nature. You know, it's, it's became where losing is not the end of the world for people. And that's what, you know, we want to change in our deal, like, we want a loss to hurt, you know, whether you lose in spades or connect four or you lose, you know, a sprint or you lose to Georgia State or whatever it is. We want it to hurt when you lose at anything. And that's what we're trying to build. And that's what we recruit to. We want, we want tough, competitive kids who want to be great. And that's what we try to find. And Coach Riley, I'm thinking be some of conference. Non-conference scheduling is going a little bit, maybe a little bit easier for you right now, maybe because you're taking over a new job. They might people might want to play you. Gives you a lot of options to play different guys. Two two for ones, mobile. Like I said, it's not really a bad place to come play a game. You know, two for ones and get go and play in an exempt tournament. So how are you going to approach the non-conference scheduling now? Being in some big conference with a build a little bit higher profile with, and can kind of leverage the conference and say, hey, we got a lot of good teams in our league. You can play us, you can get your eye up. And then quadrants, all that good, they, all that good numbers they have these days. So how you going to approach that going forward, Coach? Yeah, saying saying scheduling is different here than at Nichols is the understatement of the year. We um, at Nichols we have to raise a lot of money, I play money games, and and that's not a requirement here. So we can schedule more, you know, competitively, and we can go out and try to get those two for ones. We have a two for one with Auburn right now, where we'll start there this year. They'll come to us next year, and then we'll go back there year three. And we want to get as many of those as we can. We want to play. Uh, SEC schools and two for ones, especially. You know, if we can get those guys to commit to that, uh, we want we want a home game here. And, you know, it's our goal in year two to have this place, you know, rocking when Auburn comes in here to open up the season. So we're always trying to get two for ones. We're trying to get home and homes with comparable leagues. You know, whether it's um, the Missouri Valley or it's Conference USA. You know, comparable mid-major leagues. Those are always great to get home and homes. And, and then we want we want to play at home as much as we can. Uh, I mean, I've always believed in that. That you know, not only for to give yourself a better chance to win, obviously you have a better chance to win at home, but to build a brand here in Mobile where people are excited to see you play. And the only way they can be excited to see you play is if they get to see you a lot and you put a good product out there. 
that's exciting to watch. So we're, we're trying to get as many home games as we can. And we're also trying to, you know, get some high majors on the schedule where it gives us a chance to get better and kind of gauge where we're at. Coach, I'm going to take you off the court a little bit here and, and just get uh, a little feel for the, the area down there. JR and I'd like to talk about uh, quality food spots. Uh, we talk with coaches all over the country, players all over the country, media guys, so we, we like to tap into that uh, for the listeners. What You picked out a favorite food spot down there? Or what's the food scene, uh, food scene like down there? Oh, it's unbelievable. It's, it's really, really good. You have a, you have a lot of options because we're at, we're close to the water, so the seafood down here is is phenomenal and we're also close enough where we can say you know we're not in cajun country like we were in Thibodeau, louisiana but there's a lot of cajun food down here you know mardi gras kind of originated here and kind of moved you know actually moved to new orleans and, and you know all that but you know my my go-to spots down here there's been two of them they're really really good um there's a place called five it's a unique place and the owner is really innovative and what it is, is there's five five things on the menu. That's it. So if you eat breakfast there or brunch, there's five things on the menu. And they pride yourself in all five of them being as good as you're going to eat. And usually it is. Um, so it's kind of a unique spin. It's a downtown. Um, got a nice bar area. And it's just a, a great setting. And the food is great. And then, then we have a place called Dossines. It's on, I think, the 36th floor of a building that overlooks the water. And I actually took my wife there for our anniversary, and she loved it. You know, we we went there, and you had great view, um, unbelievable steaks. So both those places are downtown Mobile. You can also eat, you know, further out, out on the water if you want to drive a little bit, you know, 25, 30 minutes on the road. But, you know, the beauty of this place, I tell every kid, we have every single thing that you want. I, I challenge them all the time to try to come up with a restaurant they want to eat at that we don't have. And, you know, that's it's different that way than any place I've been. You know, we, we have a lot of options as far as food goes and just, just entertainment in general. We have we, we have a unique sell here that, that I'm excited about, you know, selling our brand and, you know, getting getting our getting our program elevated through recruiting. And, we get, like I said, the product we have to sell is, you know, second to Coach, maybe, Coach, you get me hungry. You make me want to come down to Mobile again. I used to come once a year for, year for the senior bowl, but <laughs> now I want to come down for some food now. <laughs> it's like Alabama basketball now. They give you some good you food down there, Coach. Fit. Give me high excitement right here. <laughs> Man, John, put that on, on the list, John. We got to go to Mobile and get some good food for Coach Riley. I'm telling you, put it on the list, brother. Come on, John. Why are you down there? Oh, trust me, I, I was taking, I was taking notes. <laughs> you got me so, Coach. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get, we gotta get you guys down here. We can do a live show. You guys can do a live show right here at one of our games. That's what you need to do. They won't go. They won't go out to eat at one of those places. After. Yeah, we'll end up in a food coma. We won't be, we won't be doing nothing. <laughs> exactly. Coach Riley, I tell you what, man, I'm happy for you at the Sun Bear Conference because I know it's, that means you're coming to my city at least once a year. I know that for sure. So that's always good as well, Coach. Glad to have you some Bell Conference. Happy for your success as always, Coach. Thanks for being a good friend of the show. Look forward to talking to you again in the fall, Coach. All right. Thank you guys so much for having me on. We'll talk soon. All right, folks, it's Ben Jarrett, the boss man. Show of a good friend of the show. He's the new coach of the CM Saints, Coach Jamie and Christian. Coach Christian, how's life treating you, man? 
Uh, it's great, you know. Um, you know, Siena's a great place. to get really acclimated to the area, Albany, the capital region. Um, they've got a great history of basketball tradition, and you know, I'm excited about being the head coach here and, and where, where the future can take us. Congrats on the marriage too, Coach. Congrats on um, but the best recruiting you can do right there is uh, to be by your side, a lot of and convince to marry you. So, you know, the first couple, first month for us has been outstanding. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, I'll tell you what, no, um, I know it takes something special for you to leave Mount St. Mary's place. You've played at, you coached at, meant so much to you. So what about Siena, the administration, say Loudonville, the Albany area, to say to you, hey, this is a move for me and my family to make to come here to go for strong leading back to prominence once more in, in, in the MAC conference there. Well, you're always looking for an opportunity to play and to be a place that has a great position. You know, obviously Mount St. Mary's is my alma mater. It's a place that I grew up at, uh, a place that I really understand and I knew. And so it was going to take a really special opportunity and something that was really exciting to, to pull me away from there. And, and I felt like I got all those things in Siena. Um, you know, just a strong moral compass here on campus and how you want to operate a, a college basketball program. We've got a great AD. Um, and we've just got tremendous, tremendous fan support. Um, it's really been the thing I've been, been most uh, amazed by is the fan support and the love for our program and the understanding of, of how we can be really good here is so high. Um, it's Again, it's just a great opportunity. So, Coach, now, having said that, do you see any parallels um, that, that are evident to you as you start there with Mount St. Mary's or your previous uh, experience now that you're in a new location? Well, absolutely. I mean, you're looking at, you know, number one, you start – start from the top you know you have a president who who loves basketball who appreciates basketball understands its importance within the community itself um you look at your athletic directors both of our athletic directors have had a chance to work for um at the mountain here long-standing relations with the community a full understanding of, of the college or, or the university at mount st mary's and a full understanding of what it takes to, to hold that position of, of men's basketball coach and and so those things give you a lot of give you a lot of you know, give you a strong foundation for things that you need to do and, and understand, you know, just, just what your responsibility is within a community. So I think there's a large, you know, those two, those two factors are really important. But then just the responsibility you have as a head coach within a community, which is a smaller community, I think is really important. And, you know, being able to understand, like, you know, being the head coach here at Siena or being the head coach at Mount St. Mary's, you know, it's a, it's a responsibility to, to, number one, do what's right, to, follow, to make sure you're bringing in the right kind of student-athletes and have a fully understanding of what they want to do and where they and who they want to be around. Um, it's just a huge responsibility um, at both places. And, and so I do think there's some parallels. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm excited about being, being at a place where I have a, I have a familiarity of how things can operate, um, but then a chance to learn and, and to grow myself. Now, Coach, that helps you because you took the job kind of late, per se, in, in the hiring process. So he had probably had to hit, hit the ground running, hiring the staff, keep recruiting the guys you already have, recruiting other guys. So how much of a whirlwind has that been for you? But also, in fact, just kind of similar to where you've been at before, you kind of laid the land a little bit. How's that helped you as you try to build this program from, 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 May, here, from May here going forward? Well, I think when you're when you're a first time head coach, everything seems you know, you're learning so much the first time around. And I think you know, for me coming into this as a second time being a head coach and, and having gone through some things, um, you know, you kind of understand the difference of what you've got to take immediately. You know, like you want to hire great staff that not only gives confidence to your team and your program, but gives confidence in the community of Siena that you're going to do a great job. You want to make sure that the first few recruits that you do sign are dynamic players. Right, you don't want to just take a guy to fill a spot. You want to pick a guy who has a chance to be an all-conference player, and and uh, but that also has a respect for the community. Um, and so I think those are things that for me coming into the coming into Siena, those became priorities. And so I wouldn't say it was a whirlwind for me at all. Um, I think um, coming into it the second time, I could be I was a lot more clear-headed of what was most important and what we need to take care of more immediately. 
And uh, Coach Sienna's a national brand for his March Madness, making that tournament people know name Sienna. So how much did that help you in recruiting? They hear the name Sienna, they may make a phone call, oh, Sienna. They've seen you have success at the Mount where you played and coached at. And so it's the same kind of formula at the Mount for you here, uh, transfers, JUCO guys, a mix of high school guys as well with international guys mixed in. They fit the right way for, for your roster. Yeah, well, you know, you're definitely right with the international brand. You know, it's a great brand where you're able to get on the phone with kids who have offers from all all levels, but they're going to take your call and want to hear what you have to say. You know, our arena, you know, our arena seats over 12,000 fans, so it's one of the best places to watch a game. And our our attendance last year, I think, was first in Mac. And you know, so we've got a lot of things to sell here. And you know, and I think that that's really important to understand is that you want to make sure you're still bringing in the, the people that can really appreciate that. And you know, the formula for us at the mountain, and we're going to still kind of tinker with that formula here. But, you know, at the Mountain, it was all about bringing in high school kids that could dominate right away and do it early, and we had a lot of success with guys like that. Um, you know, having a strong strength and conditioning staff so you can allow those those athletes to grow early in their tenure and having a having a plan for each one of those guys individually allows them to be able to play early. And so, you know, I'm really confident with the ability to bring in high school guys um, in, in, in this area, in this region, and, and they'll have an opportunity to play early and often. And, and I'm also really confident for my time at the Mountain. You know, one of the things we did my first year there is, you know, we only played one, one or two freshmen. I want to say we played the majority of the guys that were already on that roster and i think just trying to give confidence and to breed confidence into the guys on the roster trying to put a system around them that they can be successful in also is a little underrated component within uh, a lot of teams and i'm looking forward to work with the guys who are currently on the roster as well as adding that to you know everything you have to offer so coach just be a kind of a two-part question and in the the uh, to play off of jr's question just a little bit have you had a chance to really evaluate the roster currently um and, and in addition to that, you know, you just touched on an important point and that some of the differences between the two conferences, uh, the NEC and, and the MAC. So what do you think is going to be the biggest adjustment in that regard? And then, you know, obviously the first question of you had a chance to, to uh, evaluate your roster yet. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, with the roster, I've had a chance to really evaluate it. You know, we, we're, our guys started summer school about a month ago, so I've had a chance to spend a lot of intimate time with each one of these guys. We've had a chance to get in a few workouts and and to just kind of see what these guys can do. I love the skill level of the guys in the roster. Uh, they've got a great camaraderie amongst each other. They've got a great understanding of what it takes. I mean, it's a little bit older roster. I mean, we've got six guys that are six guys between junior and seniors on this roster. So, you know, they're experienced. They have a great understanding of what they what what it takes, and they have a great hunger to prove themselves here. Obviously, understanding the history of Siena. I think if you look at the MAC versus the NEC. Um, you know, I always felt like our teams in the Mount were really were really talented. Our ability to shoot the ball from the outside, I felt was. Try to build that up, you know, here and be able to shoot the ball and spread you out. I think that's going to be really important. The MAC is a very guard-driven, guard-dominated league in its past, um, and so we've got to go get bringing in guards here that can be dynamic, that can not only score one-on-one but have that ability to get downhill and to make plays for others. And that's MAC basketball, and so you know we're going to try to do a great job with that. But I also feel like here at Siena, we do a great job of getting bigs, and I think that's going to be a separator for us. Um, I think we can, we, you know, be in a great program here in the MAC if we're able to get six, nine, six, ten guys that can score on the inside and block some shots. I do think that's going to be the separator. And so, you know, we're really looking forward to building a balanced roster, um, a little bit uncommon what we had at the mount. But I think we can have a really balanced roster here, and that's the way we're going to be able to pick progress here in the MAC. 
Now, Coach, non-conference scheduling-wise, does it change much for the equation at Siena or uh, Dan Desert at the Mount? I feel like you got a lot of schools up in your area, New York, up there yeah. you can play, even go across, you know, to New Jersey, even up to even Vermont, those teams that you can play around your way. So, when you try to get guys coming up to the Albany area and play you guys or play up like maybe a Buffalo maybe as well and, or try to travel play in some terms. So how, how's the math change for you for trying to schedule uh, at Siena versus at the Mount there? Yeah, well, scheduling here is obviously that's probably the biggest difference. You know, at the Mount, we had a large quota of, of guarantee or buy games usually early in the season. Where here at Tina, we don't have to play any. Um, you know, we're actually, I'm actually instructed to play 14 or 15 home games a year. Um, so that's really exciting for us an opportunity to play at home in front of great fans who love our product and who love seeing our basketball and that do a great job of rooting, rooting us on and, and, and being a really tough crowd to play against. And, you know, so I do think that's a big difference. You know, we, we do have a great area to play in, you know, from. You know, like you said, you named all the schools in the Northeast. I mean, we, we're going to do a great job of trying to play schools in our region. Trying to get down to Philadelphia to play a game every couple of years, I think, is really essential for us. Obviously, playing a game in the city um, becomes really important. And just trying to play where we have a ton of where, where some of our alumni bases for a chance for them to get out with their family and friends and then really a chance to watch Sienna, Sienna's brand of basketball, you know, kind of travel a bit. And so we'll play a lot of games here in the Northeast. Um, and we'll probably play an exempt tournament, you know, every year or so that may space us out to different places, but, you know, we're going to play a large part of our games, you know, within four hours of campus. So coaches, uh, JR and I take our listeners around the country to, to talk to uh, many, many of the, the new hires and then coaching changes uh, throughout the off season. We like to ask about the uh, food in the, in the different areas. And if you've had a chance to find a new <laughs> food spot down there, or if there's any quality nightlife uh, that we need to be know about so that we can pass it on to the, the masses out there. Oh man, it's uh, this is a great, great food area. Um, you know, I would say I haven't had a bad meal yet, and I'm still kind of getting acclimated to um, to the to the names of restaurants. You know, it's it's really been great, and you know, obviously being down south, the majority of my career, you know, I really got accustomed to like seafood and and crab and shrimp, and here in the Northeast, it's more like lobster, and so just trying to get acclimated to that. And you know, the Albany area has so many great places to eat, and. Um, you know, if people follow me on Twitter, they'll, they'll find out that, uh, that, you know, I visit them pretty often and, and, um, you know, it's a really healthy list. Coach, is there any rib spots, Coach? Now, I'm a big rib and shoulder man. So is there <laughs> any good rib spots, Coach? Yeah, well, there, you know, there are, it's different though. You know, every area of barbecue is different. You know, yep. you know, and I think that's really important to understand. Um, you know, obviously Carolina has their own feel. Uh, Atlanta has their own feel. Memphis, Texas, you know, you kind of go around. Everyone has their own kind of barbecue. And, and so, you know, I think it takes wherever you are, it's going to take a little bit of time to get used to it. And, and uh, you know, it, it's not the same as it is down south, but I still think it's very good. Yes, indeed. Well, John, put on the list of John Lobster up at Seattle <laughs> Lobster. Put on the list, John. <laughs> Oh yeah, I got it. I got a guy. I got a big list going over here. Big list. <laughs> Coach, we add these foods to the age school. We got foods. Well, okay, Sienna's lobster. We hey, we adding them here. Coach Riley told us about some more seafood down Mobile in South Alabama. So we got a lot of stuff, Coach. We trying to go on a tour and see campuses and eat eat while we just going on a tour, Coach. Live remotes, Coach. <laughs> John, I was master playing here, man. <laughs> well, I promise you this: if you guys if you guys make it up to a game here, and I'll make sure I take you guys out, and we'll hit a couple of the best spots here. Um, and I'll take you guys out. You'll enjoy that. That's a deal, Coach. John, I love that, Coach. Cause John, I love to eat, Coach. So that's what we love to do. Radio and eating and traveling. That's what I mean, Coach. <laughs> 
Well, Coach, I'll tell you what, man. Congrats again on your marriage again. Congrats on your new job at Sienna, Coach. A lot of great things going for you. Look forward to talking to you in the fall, man. Best of luck to you. I always thank you for being a friend of the show. And so we all support you, man. Thanks so much, man. You guys have fun. Talk to you soon. All right, now. Folks, it's Jamie and Christian on the Boss Man Show. All right, folks, on the JR the Boss Man Show, we're joined by the new head coach, the San Diego Toreros out there on the west coast of San Diego, a beautiful town. Coach Sam Show, Coach Show, talk to us. How's the weather out there in sunny San Diego, California? Yeah, it's actually, we, we go through a little bit of a period uh, every year in June where we get a little bit of a June gloom. We get, we get a bunch of days uh, in a row where kind of stays cloudy all day but for the other 11 months of the year that we get to enjoy some of the most beautiful weather on earth uh we can we can make it through now coach shockingly here in atlanta it's 82 82 degrees coach and it's not humid and windy today i'm shocked that's beautiful (laughs) that's crazy that's a good day right there that's a beautiful day in atlanta a lot of beautiful days but that's definitely a beautiful day in atlanta right there you get there, right, Coach? Uh, John and I are not getting choked out by sap today in, in humidity. <laughs> we're, we're happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. I love it. I love it. Now, Coach, I want to ask you, man, what does it mean to you, Coach, that you've been on Toronto as long as you have, been around the program, and you, Dan, you're the head man leading this program, putting your own stamp on this university in the city of San Diego here going forward as the head man of Toronto's. Oh, it's a it's an extremely humbling uh, opportunity and one that I'm deeply appreciative of. of. It, it it's been a program that means so much to me and, and really, you know, helped make make me a man. And it was like the, I came through USD as a player. It was the last steps of, you know, before you know moving out to the real world. And then was blessed and, and lucky enough to have an opportunity to work for a great man in, in, in Brad Holland and who started me off in the business and taught me the business in the right way. Um, and so that it had to have an opportunity to come back and. And, and, and lead this program uh, and, and, try, and try to establish a tradition is what we're really trying to do. Uh, it's, it's an exciting and, and like I said, a very humbling opportunity. So, Coach, you mentioned, you know, establishing tradition. It's something that speaks to a long-term goal, and it, it seems to me that in order to have achievable, attainable long-term goals, you have to have a good, solid relationship with your administration. And so if you could speak to that a little yeah. bit, the, the administration of the university, along with the community, what is it about those folks that, that resonated with you and made you feel comfortable in making this decision? Oh, that's a great question. And I'll start at the top with our with our president, Dr. Jim Harris. You know, I had an opportunity when I first met Dr. Harris. He's one of the most impressive, genuine humans that you'll ever meet. I mean, met him in, we were in Alaska for the Great Alaska Shootout in our first season here. And he came to, you know, be with the team and to meet everybody who's brand new on the job. And, and he's one of those guys where you meet him for five minutes and, you, and you're like, you want to ask him if he, he'll be your best friend. I mean, he's just that, he's just that impressive of a guy and just such a big, uh, genuine. And he's just leading our university to so many special things and so many different um, aspects of, of life. Uh, and then, you know, having an opportunity to have my first head coaching job uh, with an athletic director in McGillis is, is a very, very um, awesome opportunity for me. Every time I meet with Bill, I talk with Bill, he gives me something that helps me improve. He gives me something that uh, I need to be looking at that'll help our program improve. Talk with him, I get better. And so as a, as a brand new head coach, I don't think there's a, a better opportunity um, to, have a, to work for an AD that, that can do that for you on a daily basis. 
Now, Coach, uh, what do you feel would be the biggest adjustment for you moving over that one season being the head, man? So how's that adjustment been for you? And when it comes to on court, how do you think it would be the biggest adjustment for you being the head, man, and rather than being the assistant? Well, I, I think the, the biggest thing is was, I was pretty lucky to have an opportunity at the end of our season to to coach four games. And, it kind of, you know, kind of a little trial by error a little bit to see how it was going to be um, for the um, – you know, for if I was able to, to at that point to get the head coaching job, and and so I have kind of got a feel for for how my style is going to be, and you know, and a lot of people just told me that just just coach to to who you are, and 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 don't try to be anybody else. And so I think my style is to be uh, during the week and leading up to our game to be very very uh, um, fiery and competitive and getting us ready to play. But then when it's time to play. You know, we're going to let go out and trust our work. We're going to trust our preparation and the guys in the work that we've done with our guys, and and let them go out and make plays. You know, I want guys to play free, uh, offensively, but on the defensive end, I want us to be intense, tough, gritty, competitive, um, and and really be aggressive. And overall, opportunities to really try to inflict our will on other teams. Um, but the, the biggest challenge actually is what I've been going through this last month is just is just you know you get into the, that seat and then it's you know every facet of the program is under your control. And so the planning and, and the when to implement and all that stuff is uh, is kind of been the biggest challenge and you know it's taking up a lot of my time and focus. Well, now, coach, uh, one of the things that uh, falls under the umbrella that you just spoke of is recruiting, and, and Jr. and I like to yeah. discuss recruiting with uh, new head coaches such as yourself and and what your yeah. um, you know, game plan is going to be in that regard. Are you going to go uh, with high school freshmen, JUCO guys, transfers, a mix of these three, maybe an international guy? You can always, you know, mm-hmm. call in. I actually have a couple years of eligibility left. Jr. he burned all his it. good days. So. <laughs> I could be I a fifth-year senior coach, fifth-year senior. <laughs> uh, beautiful. We need one. We need that right now. We need that experience. Now, you know, the big, I've been in the WCC my whole career uh, as an assistant and now as the head coach. And as a player as well, so it's 20 years plus. And one of the things I've noticed with our with our conference is, you know, there's been teams that have not named Gonzaga or BYU or or St. Mary's that have had an, that have gotten up and towards the top part of the league and, and contending level, and they usually do that with juniors and seniors. But then, those, a lot of those teams though have then gone and replaced those juniors and seniors after playing at a contending level in our conference, and then gone and replaced them with a bunch of freshmen. That's tough. That's a, now, you're, now you're asking for a long, long row because this is a very, very good basketball conference with some unbelievable coaches. And so what our plan is to, to do our very, very best to um, get old and stay old. And ways of doing that, this past year we registered at four freshmen. Uh, that's one way to stay old. Uh, I think we're a, we could be a tremendous, um, call it our four-to-four transfer school. You know, when you think about maybe a, a young man playing at the high major level and not in the role that he would want to, to be able to just take a slight step down to the WCC and play a very, very competitive basketball, nationally recognized basketball, and have an opportunity to have a bigger role. Or somebody at a, maybe a quote-unquote lower level having an opportunity to step up to, a, again, a, a nationally recognized type of conference uh, and have a chance to, to play a big role on our team that way. So we're going to spend a lot of time in making sure we put the right transfers in at the right spots uh, you know, you always got you got to recruit high school. You always do, but I think you have to be make sure you're you're bringing in high school guys at the right spots, uh, with the right opportunity that they're going to be able to succeed in right away, and then build their careers from that. And and we've also had a great opportunity to we have three international guys, and I like the experience that international international young men bring. You know, and just it's just a little bit different, um, a little different aspect of basketball out there that they they play and they're involved in. 
and so I think they also bring a little bit extra experience that way. So I would think I would say a big part of our theme recruiting wise is that you know what can we do to have, to continue to bring in great experience to our program. Folks, you have Sam's show here with the San Diego Trails head coach here on the Boss Man Show with Jr. and John. And now, Coach, when people watch your team play this year, who missed you in those four games you had in the last season, when people watch your team play come this season, what do you want them to take away from seeing your team play every night and represent the University of San Diego? I love that question. I think that the number one thing I want them to come away is that that team's really, really connected. They play for each other. And and they're they're playing to make the guy next to them better. Uh, I really hope that 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 comes through in, in our play. Uh, the second thing I would say, I really hope that people come away and say that's a really gritty, tough defensive team that really really pursues the ball, and at a high high level and a relentless level. And then third, offensively, that's a team that plays plays with with great spacing, plays free, and plays for each other, creates offense for each other, uh, and trying to find you know the best shot time and time again, and, and doing that with a lot of pace. Um, so I would say that those would be the three things that I would hope people would walk away from after watching a USD Terrell basketball game. Now, Coach, on that note, we'll swing it over to scheduling. You know, uh, how your guys yeah. are going to play, how what people are going to see on the court, who they're going to see you playing against. What is your intent uh, when you go about making this non-conference schedule? Are you going to try to um, go heavy on tough opponents? and really you know, give, give your guys a, a real tough non-conference to prepare them for conference play? Or are you going to do a little mix where you kind of have maybe, I don't, don't want to say cupcakes, but a couple cupcakes in there, mm-hmm. let them beat up on some people, you know, and then uh, you right. have some tougher games that are going to challenge them. How do you see yourself going about that non-conference schedule? Well, I think every year is a, is a, 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 brings a different uh, identity to your schedule. And, uh, and that identity is all based off what your team looks like. Next year we return, or we turn, we all lost one guy from last year's team. Uh, we returned 65 points a game from our four seniors, and we returned the other uh, 11 scholarship players. You know, so we have great depth and experience in scoring. So uh, we feel like we have everything physically um, to be able to contend at a, at a really high level. Now, there's a lot of work we still have to do to make sure we're contending. Um, but w- with what we have in place, you know, we're putting together a schedule where you know we're we're going for it. We're, we're, we want to have a schedule that enables us to be be looked at as a as a contender for an at large bid. Um, so we, we're, we're still very much in that, in that process, but we have we have games at Old Miss, at um, at San Diego State, um, Colorado coming to our place, and we're trying to schedule a couple more quote unquote quadrant one type of games. You know, they're using that quadrant term a lot now. Um, and then after this, you know, again, it'll just be based off kind of what the roster we have. I think we're always going to put together a schedule that um, gets us uh, gives us great confidence through playing tough opponents and also getting wins. Uh, to get us ready to play in a very, very competitive conference schedule. Um, but we always want to be going into that, like I said, off, off some great confidence coming from one of those two types of games. And, uh, Coach, if you could, uh, who are some coaching individuals who really had a great impact on you professionally and personally and in the business here? And who are some guys who just been kind of helping you as you kind of took over this, this new robe in the head, man, moving that one seat up, making decisions for this program going forward? I have so many great mentors that have just blessed my life and my coaching career in so many ways. Like I mentioned before, Brad Holland, who, again, really taught me this business and is the all-time winningest coach here at the University of San Diego. And he's just given me such great, valuable advice in so many different levels um, as a man, as a father, and as a coach. Uh, David Fisdale, who's best man in my wedding and uh, who I played for and coached with here uh, at the University of San Diego, who's now the head of the New York Knicks, you know, he's given me some very, very valuable advice just in terms of, he said, you know, 
don't worry about making the great decision. Just don't make the bad one, you know, and, and, and just stay away from making the really bad decision. Uh, and then to, you know, to keep, to, to keep poised in everything that I do and to, to not get emotional. Um, so he's given me great, great advice. And then I've gone back to, to the guys who really started my love for coaching and my high school coaches back in Geek Harbor, Washington, who have always been great mentors and taught me so much about, you know, the right way to coach and the right way to treat people and, 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 and the guys that you're around every single day. And so I've gone and used them. So I've gone a lot of different, different ways. I've gone in, in the conference, Kyle Smith, who I probably would not be standing here today if Kyle Smith hadn't given at University of San Diego had given me an opportunity um, to walk on here at the University of San Diego and pursue my dreams of being a college coach. He's given me great advice in even being in the, in the league with us. Um, so so many great people in my life that I'm so very fortunate to have had, you know, uh, bless my life in so many ways. Okay, Coach, I, I just want to circle back to uh, the recruiting uh, question a little bit. JR and I, I just want to give you our three best qualities on the court. So that when recruiting time comes up, you know, you know, when you're sitting in the living room across from us trying to bring us in, you know, you know what we can bring <laughs> to the table. OK, so for me, I, love, I, love I, I take I a charge. It. I can take a charge. Like nobody's business. OK, uh, I'm That's feisty great. on like defense, that. feisty on defense. And I look good, good headband coach. Headband game is on point. I look <laughs> good headband. Now, Jr. Jr. he can stroke it from downtown. And not only can he do that, but he good. does it in dress shoes. He can do it in dress shoes which means wow. he can come off the bench at any time. Even if he's in street clothes, there you go. he can come off the bench right then and there and stroke the three for you. So just saying, that's, 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 where, our, that's where our game's at, right, JR? Yes, and Coach, yes. I, I beat an NFL player playing horse in Stacey Adams, Coach. <laughs> that's Slipped impressive. and sliding, that's but still doing crossovers. <laughs> in Stacey Adams now. Oh, man. No, that's <laughs> his that's own good. Yeah, that's great. That is very impressive. That is very impressive. I, it sounds like if we could just combine you two guys into one, we'd have a really heck of a player now. Oh, you'd have something, exactly. Right. <laughs> and, and coach, they can't forget our personal six man, Jesse Smith. He'll love to be on your team. He's six foot four. He's six foot four. He's from Memphis, so he, he can ball a little bit, and he's a free spirit. He'll defend oh, the rebound. See the shoot his wide open three. Now, <laughs> I think that right, John. Keep in mind, coach, that we've been pitching this for about. Uh, the better part of five years now to coaches all across the country. Yeah. And we're still behind yeah. the mic. So I just keep that in mind. Uh, <laughs> I definitely will. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Yes, indeed. Well, Cole Show, if you come in town for that peace jam, love to have you, have you come by and see us, man. I, I know oh, a lot of people come to town for that. Yeah, that would be great. Yes, I'm it. planning on that. I'm planning on coming to peace jam. That would be upset. I'm going to take you up on that. Yeah, man, you know, we have a good time. Meantime, man, we have a great time down there, man. So hopefully you come by. You got my number, so love to have you great. come by and see us, man. Have a great time. I love it. When all you guys come to town, hanging out with you all, eating the great food of Atlanta, enjoying the hot sun, of course, and everything, and a yes, brave yes, game, yes, too. So it's always fun. You guys, y'all's go out, guys come out here and see us, man. That'd be great. I would love to. I'll definitely plan on that. That'd be outstanding. All right, Coach. So we'll talk to you real soon, man. Definitely. Look, thanks so much, guys, for your time. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you. You're welcome. Anytime, buddy. Take that. Thanks. You have a blessed day. All right, folks. Back on the Boss Man Show. Time for this week's emails with John and myself. John, we got three today, man. Are you ready to see what our listeners have sent us today, my good brother? Oh, I'm I'm ready. I, I'm going 100% cold on these. I haven't. I haven't even looked at them since you sent them to me uh, this week, so I'm 100% cold on these emails, JR, so this ought to be interesting. 
Now, John, those cars I've seen off the air, man, like we go from Dr. Burnett and Jay Monique to this. He <laughs> 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 go from Coach McDevitt to Coach Scholes, this. <laughs> I know, that's terrible. We just had Dr. Burnett's, you know, giving us all this great information. <clears throat> Very well spoken, you know, <laughs> on point with all our takes. Now we're coming to the emails where you can't even decipher what they're telling you. <laughs> the world where grammar doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, like, it, what a contrast in styles there. Right. <laughs> mm, so, these came from our email. Holla. H-O-L-L-A at BossmanRadioShow.com That's Holla. H-O-L-L-A bossmanradioshow.com John oh this email is as follows Longhorn Justin and Timorix X I hide two collar and a wingman on crow cell media I thought she was cute can spell with a K I saw she with two E's was, oh my god, Singal, <laughs> but spelled S I N G G A L. So I write words right spelled wrong again. See, she say she don't exchange math numbers with people she don't know. L I S K. K O U D. We get to know, you know, each E E C H E other O T H A. She say we can communicate, not communicate, communicate. One on Crowsell Media app. If that, I like to cake on phone. John F. N E D. It Houston. <laughs> Houston, H E W S T O N. I believe. Oh, that's Houston. <laughs> okay. So, Eddie D, my man. First, first of all, you're Longhorn Justin, which is way better than Timorex X. I don't know how, how I became Timorex X all of a sudden. I didn't get the first sentence. Okay, the rest of it, I'm I'm pretty pretty well able to decipher. What is the saying in the first sentence, Jr.? I think he's trying to say, "Man, I had to holler. I, I had to holler at a wingman on. I think he means woman on social media. Oh, okay. I had to holler at a woman on social media." Wingman, he meant woman. I hope he means woman. Yeah, that's what threw me off. Wingman. Okay. So, basically, what he's saying is that he tried to pick up this woman at on, on social media, right? Yeah. And she said she's not exchanging numbers with him because she doesn't know him. Okay, that's that's a reasonable thing, Eddie. Like, just people aren't just going to give you their phone number because you started chatting them up on social media. I mean, there's steps to the program, right? You got to have some level of familiarity with the person vet them a little bit before you start giving out your number I mean that's how you end up with somebody showing up on your doorstep bro <laughs> you know like you, you gotta be careful of that stuff so um you might like to communicate on the phone but that's not her mode of communication that early on into your 
back and forth on social media. So let it roll on social media a little bit. Once she feels comfortable with you, maybe she'll give you a number that you can text with her, and then maybe you can talk to her down the line. But it's not a quick process to hook up with somebody on social media. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I think the people now are a lot more aware of the dangers involved and what might happen to you out there. So people are a lot more aware of their, you know, I guess, uh, virtual surroundings. They're more aware of their virtual surroundings, right, JR? Yeah, I mean, it's probably like, John, I'm going to say this about, I probably on I'm not interested in chatting them up for days. It's like you don't give me a number, you're not. I'm not about to chat up with you. So any may come from my school, though, where I'm not interested in chatting up with you and talking to you on the phone. So I, I can see what you're talking about because I'm not interested in trying to because I'm busy. So if I make my move, I'm going to try to get, hey, get, get it. I ain't going to try to have these conversations with you on social media where I can talk to you. Either you don't give it to me or you're not because end of the day, that's a buffer still. If I make you mad, you can just block my phone number. But if, that's how I see you. But if you, from, from your perspective, though, I bet you the people that you're talking about were people who are, are somewhat related to your social circle of friends or, you know, within within their comfort level. Like, they would be comfortable with you quickly and vice versa, you know? Well, I think for me, they know I'm a radio host. Right. So I, and, and I say, I can't hurt you. Like, what, what, what I got, how, what, I said with my outside, what do I have to gain by hurting or stalking you when I'm a radio host? Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, down that wall. Right. So, like, right away, they're like, oh, this dude's a public figure. He's already out there. So, it's like that kind of... So yeah, for me it's a little different from Eddie. So so Eddie, I get what John's saying. For me, because of my status, I can get away with that. And people, women are always the wall comes down. Okay, he's ready. Oh, he ain't gonna harm me. But for you, brother, yeah, I can see why that would go that way, brother. I can see that. Now let's <laughs> now let's get into the grammar, Eddie. Oh, yes, Eddie please. D, dude. <laughs> How you spell your own town? What in the hell are you doing to me with your life? <laughs> You gotta run that through spell check, bro. And if your computer explodes, that means you know, <laughs> re- reload. Like, uh, it's t- it's terrible, bro. <laughs> His takes a god off. Like, dude, what do you like? The way you spell, like, dude, that's worse than a, a kindergarten, man. The best one here is, is she, s h e e, say s e y, we w e e can k a n, comma cake. It's just supposed to be communicate. C O M M A R C A K E. One. That's supposed to be on. O N E. <laughs> Social. K R O S A L E. The only word he spelled correctly in the sentence is media. Exactly. That's it. Like, that's it. That's the only word that's spelled correctly. Maybe in the entire email. Eddie, you're terrible, brother. Got off, Eddie. But yeah, Eddie, listen, you guys, whatever, whatever. You might like to communicate on the phone. She might not like. I see why, though, John. Look, I see why he can't spell. Well, yeah, I mean, that's obviously. If I were him, I'd be like, listen, get me off the typing tip. I need you to just be (laughs) speaking these words instead of trying to type them. But listen, I mean, move on to the next man. Find it, you know. Let it ride. Find somebody who wants to talk on the phone with you. So. Best of luck to you, Eddie D. in Houston. Uh, (laughs) Moving on to email number two, JR. We have a correspondence coming to us from 
um, Micah, <clears throat> no city listed. This, this is a Micah of the world, Jr. He, he writes to us, Mac and Vegas Shanko. <laughs> Mac and Vegas Shankle. I'm done with a friend. I've tried to help her out on multiple times as she goes in a tough time. Even tried to invite out on multiple times. The running pattern or passing pattern is that she never got enough time for me when I'm trying to help out. Always something when I'm involved. But with others, it go without uh, he said goes without a hitch. Okay, <laughs> not what he typed, uh, typed, but clean that up. Oh, God. Radio. <clears throat> the final slaw was this week. I'm hiding that I'm done. I tried to be a good person. At this point, I'm out. No more caring for me. Caring with a K. <laughs> I'm outer. More help to her than I shield. She didn't accept it. <laughs> Finn, let her burn. Micah. Jesus, Micah. <laughs> All right, JR. It's on you, brother. Micah, my man. English is not your forte, y'all. But, uh, like how you said that that went off about a quote hitch around something that was funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I've been there before, Micah, where you try to help somebody out, you try to offer them your assistance, and they shun you, or they only got time for you and suit them. My guess that's one of the ways you just leave them alone, man. Like, pull back, pull back, and decide, hey, yeah, you're right, I'm done. Pull, pull on back, like, hey, I'm with that, man. Like, Sometimes people don't realize what they got until you take it away from them. And if you're trying to help this young lady out going through a tough time, probably with a child or something, or maybe you lost a job or something, and she, all she don't got time for you and suits her, nah, that ain't what you need, brother. You invite her a few times on a friend's tip, she turned you down, yeah, that's even, that's even worse, too. Uh, if you're anything, as long as you're trying to jump her bones while she's going through a tough time, you should be okay to see her and help her out, but she don't want to do that. Man, look, I won't worry about it, brother. Uh, you gotta do that sometime, man. Like, man, don't worry about all that, man. Just get, get your mind right. Get your English. You was a good person. So you, are you on that purple drink or the purple kush? What you on, bro? You did hide it. No, that's the side my good brother. You know, you're outer. I mean, that the outer limit, the outer rings, the outer <laughs> the outer islands. What does that even mean, my man? Uh, the best. And I shield. The best one, I, I think, JR, is at the end. <laughs> the. The way he ends it. She didn't accept it. <laughs> Finn, let her burn. Are you Usher? Letting her burn like Usher? Well, he like, yeah, burn for real, allegedly. If you're okay with Usher. But still, I mean, my God, Micah. I mean, you're doing right, bro. Just get your mind right. And my man, you, you, you kind of maybe got my last name or a nickname I had before out Mac. <laughs> But how has my man John become, quote, Vegas Shankle? <laughs> Dude, that sounds like, I don't even know, like, that's some hardcore prison name. <laughs> like, I will sh- I'll shank you to death, right? So I'm ba- Vegas, I'm from Vegas, and I'm good with a shank, so, like, I'm Vegas Shankle. <laughs> like, I don't even know. Vegas Shankle. That's not, not a good kid toy figure. No. Vegas <laughs> Shankle. Or it could be, like, a good wrestling name. That could be a good wrestling yes, name. Yes, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Vegas Shankle from Cleveland, Ohio. Weighing in 235 pounds. It's the Winter Cardinal Champion, Vegas 
Shankle, <laughs> accompanied by Eddie D from a town you've heard of, Houston. <laughs> from Houston. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Good job, Michael. You know, you can spell. Good job, brother. Good job. Uh oh, here we go. Last one day we got here, John. Is Blue Sky and Milky Habits. Look, Leos, my work is messy. The office sucks. I can agree with that. I happy when the messy man boss left. Now the rent room, not in room, but rent room boss is a tramp. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds interesting. She's short, uncute, and shaped like a broken truck along with a mouse voice. Okay. She's a triclo manager. And making crap heard for no treason. Tree, Piopopo, not people, but Piopo, have quit, not we had quit, quite, but quit already. Try club managing ain't cool. I need out of the situation. Of the show and law firm hiring. Help me out. Sean and Shallow, John. First of all, we don't have a law firm, so I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> and secondarily, no, the show is not hiring. Specifically you, Rachel. <laughs> exactly. We're not hiring any fools. Oh, uh, uh, I think we're probably creeping up on on time on this segment, but I will say that. <laughs> Why? The names are the best, dude. Blue Sky and Milky Hammonds. Like, what? What are we like? That's like a Motown group name or something, dude. <laughs> Blue Sky and Milky Hammonds. Right. Woo! It got sun and rain. Uh, Can I say it again? <laughs> uh, and then the other one that struck me here quickly, JR, is the, the interim boss is a tramp. Okay. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> Came out right out with that one. She's short, exactly like, uncute, and shaped like a broken truck. Like, what What does that mean? Does that mean, like, her backside's dropped down low or something? Like, what? I don't know. I don't get it. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> that take was funny, though. I get that, that line was very hilarious. Yeah. That line was very memorable. Now, on a serious tip, yeah, micromanaging, if you got a boss that micromanages you, yeah, it's, you know stinks but you can't just go around quit i mean you know if you if if you quit every job where your boss sucks you'd be quitting jobs every day because there's very few bosses out there that you're like legit want to work for you know what i'm saying like there's some bosses that are terrible there's other bosses that are you know you, you can deal with and then there's bosses that you know are 50 60 percent of the time you know actual normal people that you can get along with but at the end of the day they're still your boss and they're probably going to do something that's going to piss you off at some point. You got that right, John. Before we go, what is your take on this week's I just, <laughs> I'm just trying to wrap my head around short, uncute, and shaped like a broken truck. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I'm trying to picture what that what that looks like. So I'm not good. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think that that's you know on your list of like when you sign up for eHarmony or something. Like you're not like want my woman to be shaped like a broken truck. No. Exactly. Uh, my, my, my. Rashawn would have taken for, for ages right there. 
that's emails. Got some stuff coming up for you on the Boss Man Show. After the break, emails is over. We out.